You know, we are in the uh, last in a three-week series here called None Greater. None Greater. Just taking a moment in time to reflect on all those aspects of God's glory. God's glory as it's revealed in his character. Remember we went through Psalm 139 and we talked about how he is present everywhere. He knows everything and he can do anything. God's character. And then last week we were celebrating God's holiness and God's presence in Isaiah 6. Just that that amazing moment of recognizing who he truly is. Pure, other, different, so worth celebrating, so worth honoring. Today we're going to be looking at God's glory in creation, in his artistry, what he's done around us. You can actually take a look at nature and and not have crossed over to the eastern mystic side did you know that like it's real we can look and and appreciate it and learn from learn about god and it's okay okay that's what we're going to be learning today as we look at psalm 19 so i had an assignment this week as we went out it was i need to be able to be blown away by creation this week so my prayer was lord just show me your handiwork show me your power so that's why he brought the rains on wednesday did you know that yeah i mean we got was that a deluge or what so i went outside and i'm seeing these black clouds rolling in and i thought i better get the lawn mowed because it looks like it's going to be wet for a while so i jumped on the mower and i'm well i was going about twice as fast as i should have been because i it was rolling in so i cranked that thing up and i'm whipping circles and i'm cutting through it all and that it's just rolling in i'm like it's not happening I'm not going to get this thing mowed. And I'm getting through the backyard. I'm about two-thirds done with the backyard. And all of a sudden, I'm noticing these black clouds are beginning to, like, rise and fall and roll. You know what I'm talking about? Does anybody see that? I mean, that was an eerie-looking front coming in. So then I hit the throttle to high. And I'm cranking... I'm cranking through there and I get up to the back, the top berm, okay? And we've got this berm in our backyard that separates us from a a creek that's like the runoff for the whole town, okay? Yeah, this is a beautiful spot. So, and at the moment it was about three inches high. I'm looking down into the water. It's just real shallow, no big deal. And, And so I'm mowing across there and all of a sudden the wind hits and it was like in one instant, bam! And like 40 mile an hour winds and the temperature dropped from 92 to 72 and and I'm like tornado, right? So so I kept mowing Because you got to get it done, you know, and so there's two of us out there You can hear our mowers going and we're like we will not be defeated, you know and So I'm mowing the yard I finish up get that thing all done and I race up to the garage and park it And I get in the back and I stand on the patio And all of a sudden droplets are coming down like silver dollars just huge pounding droplets and then it unleashed 40 minutes and i think they said we got about two and a half inches of rain right where we were at uh in that 40 minutes okay so the little creek in back it goes from three inches high to 10 feet deep just pouring through there and and then the city's designed it this way so it worked out well but the water pours over the berm at the back end where it's low and begins to fill into the next level which would be this little dip in all of our backyards so it starts pouring into that and filling up it filled up to about six and a half seven feet deep back there and i'm watching this water in 40 minutes just go from nothing to and raging waters you know and i'm like i get the message i I see your amazingness god you know can we bring the water down a little now and all of a sudden the rain stopped 
and everything just starts to recede a little bit. By the time I woke up in the morning, all gone. Little creek is back to six, eight inches and just running. Everything's fine. Wow. A moment where the power of the wind, the power of the rain, the power of the raging waters, every one of those made us just stop and say, whoa, look at this God. That's what we're able to do when we take a look at creation. In fact, we're going to look at Psalm 19 verses 1 through 6 today, and we're simply answering this question. Uh, How should what I see around me impact me? So I see this creation and I see some cool stuff. And so, so what? So what should I be doing in order to honor and glorify God with what's around me? Psalm 19, one through six, you know, the ushers are coming forward. We've got Bibles uh, in their hands and we just want to get them to you if you need one. So just raise your hand and they'll get a Bible to you. We're going to walk through Psalm 19, one through six. Okay. How should I be looking at what's around me? How should it impact me? Well, let's just start with this. Point one, uh, look up, be amazed by the creator. Just, just look up, be amazed by the creator. Chapter 19, we just start in verse one. David writes, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Now, remember, we're in the Psalms again, right? So these are poems. So it's not the rhyme scheme, right? We've talked about it. It's not that, right? It's one statement paralleled with the next statement. That's Hebrew poetry, okay? So the first line of Hebrew poetry, the heavens declare the glory of God. The second line, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Do you hear the similarity? So the heavens, this, this masterpiece of artwork above you, It's an amazing moment and it does two different things. Okay. Number one, praise is God. That's what's going on. As God has created this, this unbelievable tapestry of light show, it's there to simply say, isn't he awesome? That's what it says, right? Declare the glory of God. It's a praise moment for God to be shown off. That's what we have above us is a constant reminder Of how awesome our God is. But the second piece it says. And the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Not back to God. God already knows that. It's to you and me. It's proclaiming to us. There is a mighty God. There is an awesome Lord. Look at what he can do. Look at who he is. Look at his vastness. Look at his amazingness. You know, if we go to Genesis 1, we see the creation story captured, right? And it starts with basically there's nothing except God himself. And he speaks into existence each and everything that we see around us. Imagine yourself in a moment where here we are sitting in embassy suites. But we could go a little wider than that, right? Like the Googler thing where you start zooming out, right? Go a little bit wider and, you know, you're in East Peoria and a little bit wider, central Illinois and then Illinois and then the United States and then North America and then the earth. And now you leave earth and you're zooming back and you're actually in the solar system and there's one planet of that solar system. And and then you keep going further back and all of a sudden you find that planet's in a galaxy, but it turns out it's one galaxy amongst millions of galaxies. And now as you're back looking around all of that. God over the top of it, having created that 
The heavens declare his glory. The skies, they proclaim his handiwork. As we grasp the vastness of our God and the amazingness of our God, as he speaks into existence that which we can see. It's a great opportunity and a great moment for us to drink in our God and bring him a little praise. You know, because we had this assignment this last week, uh, I said, hey, kids, come on outside with me. It's 10 o'clock at night. Let's go hang out on the back patio for a moment. So we went back there earlier in the week and uh, it was clear blue skies and clear night skies. And we just laid down on the patio and looked at the stars. And I mean, you could see a ton of stars, you know, and the kids are asking questions and and I'm pretending like I know something, you know, I don't know. Like, what constellation is that, Dad? Are you kidding? I'm lucky if I can find the Big Dipper, you know? I got that one down. Like, there's the Big Dipper. What's that one? Yeah, there's the Big Dipper, right? You know, one of those. So we're just sitting there watching, and we're looking, and we're appreciating. And all of a sudden, Megan goes, what is that? And there's this little white dot that's moving across the sky pretty fast, you know? And we're just watching it a little bit. And I said, I think it might be a satellite, babe. You know, we're just watching it move across. It was amazing how fast it was going in comparison to everything else. And she's like, you're kidding. We can see satellites with our own eyes and we can see these stars. This is unbelievable as we're just sitting there watching for a moment. And all of a sudden, that satellite, as it went down around the bend of the earth, right, it goes, And it flamed up into a giant white explosion and disappeared. It was an asteroid coming through. And we watched a little shooting star go and go away. The response of all three of us, whoa. Right? It was just one of those moments where everything went quiet. And you just realize we're pretty small. And God is amazingly huge. And that was pretty cool. And we had a nice little moment of experiencing the glory of our God. It's easy stuff. You know, all too often we lose sight of who God is because of the busyness of the day. Because of all that's going on. Because whatever you want to watch at 10 o'clock is on TV and you're going inside and turning on the TV and there's an unbelievable show going on outside. We had a great moment just being on the patio, being able to look up and expect to be blown away. You're like, well, what if it's cloudy? You might want to watch the clouds. That was a show on Wednesday. I'm, I'm telling you, you will be amazed at the handiwork of our God. It's proclaimed to you as that exists. Take a little bit of time. Look up. Be amazed. Just take a moment of downtime and let the power of your almighty God, wash over you. Look up. Be amazed. Okay. That's the first point. Second point. Use your eyes, your senses, and your intuition. Uh, it's a message without words. Use your eyes, your senses, and your intuition. It's a message without words. Okay? Check this out. Verse 2. It says, Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Day to day, that means like every single day, constantly, each and every day does this. It pours out speech. Not 
has a little bit of whisper, pours out. Like it's just streaming forth this massive amount of message being shared. It says speech here. And we're going to learn something about that speech in just a second. It says right after it, and night to night reveals knowledge. As you spend a night just looking up, seeing the moon and the stars, seeing some of the colors that are out there. And if you're way up north, seeing the aurora borealis, right? Seeing all these moments in the night sky that simply say, I think he knows what he's doing. Reveals knowledge. Our God in his vastness and in his order. You know, as we look at planets and orbits and we look at how fusion works and stars and energy and light and all of that consistently going on being sustained colossians 1 16 and 17 by jesus christ himself allow yourself to be blown away with what's going on in creation day to day and night to night is speaking are you hearing the message now it says in verse 3 there is no speech there nor are there words whose voice is not heard there is no speech there are no words whose voice is not heard in other words the message is screaming forth it will be heard it can be understood okay take a look at verse four their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world this message is available to all this is what we would call general revelation the revealing of God in a general way. General, meaning to all people. And also general, meaning not details of who he is, but at least some general understanding of his character. Okay? It speaks to both what the message is and to whom the message goes. General revelation, very important piece of systematic theology. We can know God, at least a part of him, just by looking up. Just by looking out. Romans 1, 19 and 20 basically says we have an opportunity to know this God, at least in a general way, and start leaning towards him in that, re- in that response. I just want to make this note. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but a couple of your versions, some of you might have like the NLT or, or even I think the NIV in this case, where verse 3 reads a little differently than what I said. It says, there is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. And they actually may phrase it a little differently, where it starts to say, there's no speech, nor are there words, and they can't hear their voice. Basically, verse 3 is making it sound like you can't hear anything from them. And then verse 4 says, but you can definitely hear their voice. Like there's a contrast going on. The Hebrew is a little bit unclear here, okay? But either way, let's just say this. Here's the big point, verse 4. There is absolutely a message being sent. It is absolutely without words. It is absolutely available to all people and you absolutely can hear it. Okay. That's the point. If we get that, like we get it. We don't need to go into an analysis of a Hebrew word and which way it should go and all that stuff. Okay. The big point is very obvious and all the versions agree. It is simply this. There's a big message because it's about a big God. Are you catching it? Are you catching it? You know, might say it this way. The message is in three parts. Here's what the message is. Get ready to write it down. Three words, okay? God is, here we go, eternal, powerful, intentional. Those are the three words. Eternal, powerful, and intentional. That's the message we need to hear. 
that's what we need to grasp, okay? Um, I'll just say it this way. Romans 1, 19 and 20, it says that you can learn of his eternal power and his divine nature. So not only am I getting these by observation, but I'm also getting them straight from the word, okay? Eternal, powerful, and intentional. Comes right out of Romans 1, 19 and 20. So let's break it down. How in the world do we get that message? Okay, so you look up and you see this stuff and this amazing little light show going on of whatever it is. And how do we get to eternal with that? Okay, so let's engage a little bit of our thinking mind here. Okay, we know stuff usually exists, right? Because of stuff that came before it, right? And that stuff exists because of stuff that came before it. And that stuff exists because stuff that came before it, right? We are very aware that our physical world has this rule of causality, this law of causality, this things beget things kind of, that's what's going on, right? So now we move back in time, we get to an original point where there must be an original something that started all of this, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? Hello? Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? So we're in a spot where we've not really engaged much of a brain and we've actually gotten to there must be an original something and that something must have existed from eternity past right so we're in a spot where we've just now embraced the eternal now that actually might put some of your friends who are not believers or maybe even yourself a little bit on it you're like i'm not real comfortable with that statement i think i think it all came from an explosion I think, I think, uh, something, there was a big bang, like that's kind of an ironic little name when, when the entire universe was created from a big bang, it was bigger than a big bang, right? If that, okay, we won't go there. <laughs> something started all this and we go, Hey, you know what? I think maybe it was something that existed from eternity past, but it was a primordial black hole of infinite density and it exploded. Okay, great question for you. So we have this thing that existed from eternity past, this primordial black hole that's going to explode. It's, do you know of anything in nature that's existed for all eternity? I mean, don't we know everything we know has beginnings and ends, right? Yeah. So this infinite background that it has, that is kind of like above the natural, right? What we would call supernatural. That's where the word comes from. It means not like the natural world that we know supernatural above the natural you see no matter which way you go with it you're going to have a supernatural explanation you will definitely end up with something in the beginning that existed from all eternity past oh and by the way really powerful okay kind of obvious right like everything we see around us came from that like bang a little bigger than that right really big around us so eternal and powerful very logical conclusions to come from something that we can generally understand about our god but there's one other step as you look at the details of how everything holds together as you look at the ways in which the detailed design comes out you can actually say one more thing wow that's a big plan there's a lot of intention there now, there are those who would actually say, honestly, I think it's, uh, it's all by accident. It, it, that big bang and, and like, like just, wow, this is what we got out of it. Probabilities are against it, but bang, we got it. Okay. 
I was an engineer for 17 years. I'm just telling you, hundreds of engineers, lots of hours, all to come up with some little board that'll remove echo from a telecommunication network. And in the end, it still had bugs all over it, lots of problems that we were trying to figure out. And this is with a ton of intentional plan and design. I really would not bet that if I took a bunch of silicon and a bunch of metal and a bunch of you know, shrapnel and plastic and threw it in a box and then threw a massive dynamite thing in there and closed it and it went bam, that I'd open it up and go, hey, look, an echo canceler, <laughs> right? Like rarely would I expect an explosion to bring more order. Maybe put it this way, undirected power does not give you order. It gives you chaos. Be very careful with logic. Let logic speak. I mean, honestly, the simplest, easiest understanding is this kind of order and rule and law, putting this in motion, speaks of an intentional designer. Okay? Now, I would just say this. Those two terms that I just used, cosmological argument. It's the, there must be something before the something before the something. Okay? That's the eternity past. And the other side of it is, more than just that, the teleological argument. you got to be kidding me. Look at this detailed design. Like, that's a lot of intentionality. If you catch those three words of message, eternal, powerful, intentional, you're beginning to grasp your God. That's where we're at. We have a great moment as we look up and as we look out to say, our God reigns. He makes sense. It is unbelievably logical to come to the conclusion that there is a God who existed from eternity past and he created this with intentionality. Don't let people talk you out of the fact that that makes total sense. In fact, there's great compromise to logic if you go the other way. Like all of a sudden, I think some physical matter now existed from eternity past when I know of nothing like it in my life that can't be proven anywhere. Well, why wouldn't that just be God then? Well, why does it have to be matter? We'll talk about that in just a second. My request to you is this. Use your eyes. Use your senses. Begin to grasp the message. But use your intuition. Think it through a little bit. Oh, it makes great sense. We have an eternal, powerful, intentional God. And his message is being screamed throughout the entire universe. And there is no one that doesn't hear that message. It goes across language barriers. It goes across cultural barriers. It goes across all that we know. Our God is sending a great message of some of his character. Okay, three reasons we might miss the message. Why might I not come to that conclusion? Well, first of all, I might be thinking too little of nature. I'm heavily distracted. My, my world, my stuff, my job, my money, my family, my TV shows, my friends, my restaurants, my, all the stuff I'm going through and doing and being about and, and all of a sudden, woo, I'm focused. But I'm missing what's going on at all around me. I'm missing the nature that's actually right there. The voice that's pouring forth, as it says. The day and night, 
the talk. Second reason, I might be thinking too much of nature. You know, we actually start looking at nature and thinking about it, and all of a sudden we're like, I'm locking in on this thing. And and then, I mean, I'll just use an example. The Aztecs. Love the sun, going after the sun. They recognize, hey, it's it's heat, helps things grow. It, 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 like, we get that the sun is valuable. But every night when the sun went down, they had this theory. Well, it, it, we think maybe it's dying, and it needs some lifeblood. So let's sacrifice some human blood in order to try to re-energize it, and we'll see if we can get it to rise again in the morning. Welcome to the Aztec culture. So they, they estimate upwards of 15,000 humans sacrificed per year in order to try to re-energize the sun on a nightly basis. Can you say not necessary? Like, right? You're thinking too much about just the globe, man. Think about the God behind the ball. Like, do you see it? They're missing it because they began to think too much of the creation itself. We can also end up just worshiping the junk around us, and we've made a mistake. Don't think too little of it, but don't think too much of it, right? Those are two easy mistakes. Third, um, you may just might be in a position where you don't want to be under authority. You might actually be saying, now listen... If I've got this causal thing going on and I've got an original choice and it's either primordial black hole or God who rules over me, I'll take the black hole because then I can do what I want. Be careful. Make sure that you understand what you're doing. We do serve a God. He is in charge. The message is check out his vastness. Check out his authority. Check out how we need to be giving him glory. That's where we need to be. Three easy reasons why we might be missing it. Think too little of it. Think too much of it. Maybe thinking just right about it, but maybe thinking a little too much about me and not wanting to be under authority. You know, I was talking to my daughter this week, Megan, and uh, remember we were in our creation hunt all week. So she went out and she was actually sitting on a hillside. Um, and while she was looking, well, I say hillside, it was probably a mound of dirt, but she was... She was on this mound looking out at some cornfields and a bug flew up and landed on her that was about two inches long, right? So you would expect girl, bug lands on her. She's out there. She could freak out, run, right? No, she looks down and she starts staring at the detail of this thing and she notices that it basically looks like a leaf. She thought a leaf had landed on her at first, right? So she's looking at one of those kind of bugs where the shape of the wings is shaped. It looks just like a leaf. It's protection mechanism is to look like a leaf. And she starts looking at all the details and the vein work and the different colors of the green. And the, she just stood there amazed at the bug on her arm. And when she touched it and it flew away, she ended up shifting over and saying, wow, like that's an awesome God. To design this, to be thinking this way, we've got an awesome God. That's our challenge that we need to take on. I don't care if it's just the wind that you're looking at or the clouds or the stars or the moon or whatever you're going after. Make sure this, that you're saying, Lord, may I see you. God, may I grasp just a little bit more of who you are. Your glory. There is none greater. May I be blown away by you this week. God, help me simply to wake up a little bit 
and get out of myself a little bit. Maybe just looking around at all of creation can begin the process of letting go of so much of self and start to say, what an awesome God. There is truly none greater. That's a great privilege we've got as we look at his creation. So first it's look up. Second, it's maybe think right, if you want to say it that way. But use your eyes, your senses, your intuition. It's a message without words. Third, uh, check out the sun. Do we have a great God or what? That's really what the psalmist is saying. He's getting to the end of this creation stuff. And listen to what he says. Starts in verse, at the end of four, starting five. In them, he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. In other words, every night the sun goes somewhere, right? Metaphorically speaking, he's looking at its setting and he's like, apparently he went back to his tent, right? So I'll just say it that way. The, the sun is not with us right now, but at some point it comes up. And it comes up in glorious fashion as we see this awesome sunrise and these unbelievable pinks and purples and whatever you might see. And the sun is coming forth like a bridegroom. He's picturing a wedding and this awesome ceremony, which starts out not with the bride coming forward. It actually starts first with the bridegroom coming up to get ready to receive the bride coming forward. The bridegroom, the sun. He's saying, take a look at how awesome this son is. Comes out like a bridegroom from the chamber. Like a strong man runs its course with joy. Switch metaphor. Like he's in a race and he's running seven minute miles and he never stops. He's just on this consistent pace, always running, never tiring, constantly running the circuit. He just gets what he's supposed to do and he's doing it with joy. Like this is what you were designed to do. You just do what you're designed to do. He's reflecting on the consistency and dependability of the sun. So much so that we can set clocks by it. So much so that we can actually grow things year in and year out by it, depending upon it. Verse 6, its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. It comes up one side, goes down the other. It's got this circuit, meaning like a closed path that it runs. Really, another word for it would be orbit, right? For that word circuit. It's basically just following its path, and it's completely dependable. The sun. It says there's nothing hidden from its heat. Anybody who's been outside in the last few days could say, yeah, I'm into that, man. <laughs> right? Like, it can be really, really hot when the sun is in its summer positioning. I'm sitting here looking at this and I'm thinking, seriously, we're going to preach on sun? Like, this is what happens when you walk through the Bible expositorily. You know what I'm saying? You pick scripture and you walk through and you say, just tell me what you want to tell me, Lord. And as we're getting into this and we're looking at the sun, I'm thinking, okay then. So I'm just going to follow what you're doing, God. Let's talk a little bit about the sun. So sun facts. Ready? Uh, it's a star. Some of you are like, you're kidding me. And others of you are like, you're kidding me. You didn't know that, right? It, it's a star. It's a hot star. Uh, it's 865,000 miles across. Let's basically take 109 Earths and line them up in a row. That's the diameter. 
I didn't do the math to figure out how many earths would fill it, but like 109 across, okay? So 109 earths across, that's how big the sun is. So picture the earth as one one hundredth, just sitting down in there, right? Okay. Uh, it accounts for 99.86% of all the mass in our solar system. 99.86% of all the mass. That's why everything's revolving around it. Right? Gravity-wise, it's, it's pulling at it. It's got all the mass. Everything is revolving around it. Uh, temperature on the surface is estimated to be... Anybody got a guess? Five? Did I hear somebody say five? <laughs> right. what's, a, what's a guess? Eight, 800? All right. All right, 8,000 is better, man. You're getting there. 9,950 degrees is the estimated surface temperature of the sun. 9,950 degrees. Get some good SPF factor, right? 500 million tons of hydrogen are fused each second. They estimate, I guess. I don't think anybody's been there, right? 500 million tons of hydrogen fused each second. Okay, so here's one for you. Uh, Please don't test this, but you can't really look at the sun for more than three to four seconds without pain beginning. Uh, Don't test it. Okay. They say if you look for a hundred seconds, it'll actually cause lesions or burns on your eye that can never go away. Uh, The sun and your eye and the sensitivity to that light are huge. Do you realize that life can only survive on earth in this little temperature range? Okay. And that little temperature range is basically controlled by the distance from the sun. And we have just the right mass on earth and just the right mass in the sun so that everything is rotating in just the right place so that you get these extreme temperatures that still allow life and then extreme temperatures to the warm side that still allow life. And it continues to rotate in that way so that life can be sustained here on earth. The moment that we get a little bit too close... It gets so hot that the atmosphere burns up and we're all gone. The moment that it gets a little bit too far, everything freezes and we're all gone. Intentional design. God at work. Using the sun. May we never stop and just go, isn't the sun awesome? Like that's not what it's about. It's about take a look at the God behind. Make sure we see him to be eternal. Make sure we see him to be powerful. Make sure we see him to be intentional. General revelation. Anytime you're looking at creation, figure out which of those three you've come to a conclusion of. Because that's where you're supposed to be headed. Eternal, powerful, intentional. You know, we are in the midst of a sermon series and we're closing out today called None Greater. Here's the thing. All too often, we would say, none greater. And then we don't want to admit it, but the name we put there is me. Ooh, what did we just do, right? None greater. It's all about me. My happiness and, and, and my comfort and, and my answers to prayer and, and, and my next steps and, and me. May we not be there. May we, as we take a close look at the character of God, simply say this, none greater, you. It's all about you, God. Your glory, your honor, your power. 
your character, you know all, you are everywhere at once, and you can do anything. You are awesome. You are holy, holy, holy. The epitome of holiness and purity. You are everything. And if we fall into your presence, we will simply fall and say, woe is me, for I am undone. You are an amazing God. None greater. Lord, may we look at your handiwork, the the tapestry that you've laid above us with the light show in place, both night and day. May we look at all that's going around and simply say you are eternal, existent from eternity past to eternity future. You are powerful, like all of this from you, from the spoken word. You are intentional. This didn't just happen on accident. This took great care to put in place. Oh, and by the way, as James McDonald would say, he does it with his feet up. Let's not think of this as, whew, this was a hard day. This is more like, got it. No big deal. That's our God. There is absolutely none greater. As you move throughout this week, you have an assignment. Make sure you reflect on the fact that there is none greater. Let creation speak. I think we got another chance this afternoon, it looks like, of weather rolling in. Make sure you take a moment to let God blow you away. Say, Lord, I just want to see you as eternal or powerful or intentional or all of the above. I don't care which. May I just see your handiwork and reflect on you. And maybe even go further and say, let's wrap together what we've been learning the last few weeks. God, may I simply come to the conclusion There is none greater. What a moment of worship for you. It's going to take some downtime. Can't believe I just said those words. It's going to take some downtime. You're going to have to let go of some busyness somewhere and be able to soak it in just a little bit and say, Lord, I just want to drink deep of who you are. And then I want to pour it back out on you with everything I've got. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Do me this favor. Just say with me, to God be the glory. Ready? To God be the glory. That's what it's all about. One more time. To God be the glory. May we not go through our day saying, to me be the glory. But may we say, to God be the glory. There is none greater. Let's pray.